Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. Each week, we share mindset tips and real estate investing strategies to help you take your business and your investment portfolio to the next level. And I just got back from Miami, was out enjoying a phenomenal industry conference, was sitting down with different professionals from the industry, was talking with some young bloods, some people who are up and coming. They got that energy, they got that passion, but they lack that experience. And I was talking with some highly experienced gray hairs, some of my favorite people to spend time with, my uh, mentors and advisors and friends, people who've been in the business for decades and decades, and was really getting into it with them, understanding, well, hey, what's happening within your market? What strategies are working there? what strategies are not working. And I wanted to share some takeaways today about what type of opportunities we see happening in the market and most importantly, what you can do and how you can actually use this to be making your own investment decisions, grow your business, grow your investment portfolio, all of the above. So let's get into that and more in this week's episode. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Steven Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. So sitting down in Miami, first time ever been to Miami. I've traveled all over the country, but have yet to really spend time in this, uh, in this city. And what I can tell you is it's, it's a party city. People are going out all night long, all day long. It's, uh, it's a wild place. I was there for business, so I was doing business, and I was getting down to business, talking shop, and getting into what's happening within the market. So as I was mentioning, you know, talking with some young people, they're, they're driven, they're excited, their eyes are focused on growth and possibility and opportunity. And I love being around that energy. If you don't have some of that, you need some of that because what it does is it reinvigorates you. It reminds you about what's possible and about that feeling that you had when you first got started. So if you are a professional, you're, a, you're an executive, you're a CEO, you're an entrepreneur, and you're not around that young belief, I highly encourage you bringing some of that into your world. But more importantly, for this time in the market, the people I like spending time with are those people who've got that experience, they've got those gray hairs, and they've gained those gray hairs by experience, by understanding what's happening in the market, by losing, by winning, by taking that wisdom, being able to share with others. And one of the big takeaways that I have had after that conversation was really reinforcing this set of beliefs that I have about how to operate in this type of a market. That first piece really comes down to plan for the worst, hope for the best. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Super simple, we've all heard it, but what does it really mean? What it means is that when you're going in to buy a new property, when Von Finch is going and underwriting new investment real estate, whether that be a land play, whether that be a multifamily play, whether that be industrial, whether it be some type of minerals, whatever it is that we're looking at, when we're looking at it, it's critical that we're looking at it from what's the worst case scenario. And how do we cover that worst case scenario 
so that we can get our principal back and also be able to gain a return. So personally, what I've been seeing in the market, we've been looking at deals in Denver and Dallas, in Central Florida and North Carolina. We've been looking at deals in some of the markets where we currently have property, but maybe we're not as excited about because some of the demographics have changed. So we feel confident about what we're invested in, but we don't necessarily see the opportunity from a price perspective today. We're looking across the board and what I'll tell you is that only recently, only in the last two to maybe six weeks, have we actually started to see from a multifamily perspective, some of those numbers starting to change. Some of those sellers starting to say, hey, I see where we're at. I understand that I need to sell. I have a motivation. And we're starting to actually see that gap starting to come much closer together. That is really, really important because one of the mistakes that a lot of these young bloods that are super gung-ho, they're looking forward, they've got that excitement, I love it. But where they're making the mistake is they're saying, hey, let me get a deal done today, it doesn't matter what it looks like, I am going to operate as if we're gonna have the same kind of market we've had for the last few years, and they're doing deals that don't make sense. Now what's different over here is, Von Finch, when we're underwriting a deal, when, when I'm looking at the numbers, when our team's looking at the numbers, I'm looking, well, interest rates are gonna be higher in the future. Okay, so I'm gonna project that based on what our assumptions are around interest rates. Rent growth is high right now, but is it gonna be higher in the future or could it be flat? We believe that we're seeing high rent growth right now because of inflation, but we're projecting moderate, you know, a couple percentage points per year or less in future years to come. And we're looking at things from a long-term perspective. It's, it's critical today to be expecting to need to hold on to that asset for three to five years at minimum in order to hit the kind of returns because we wanna be locking in that long-term debt. So as I'm talking to this old timer, you know, what we're really taking away from that conversation is, you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best. And so plan for the worst, hope for the best. If we plan for the worst and hope for the best, then we know that when we get into a property that we can make a minimal return. But if it gets better, if interest rates don't go up, if the Fed takes a 180, like the UK government, if the Fed takes a 180, like they've done every other time they've raised interest rates in the past 20 years, at some point, it's going to turn. If that turns sooner than we're projecting, if that turns sooner than we're projecting, we're going to be in an even stronger spot, more upside, more opportunity. So the second piece that I took away from these experienced conversations with some of my advisors was really coming down to project low and over deliver. Project low and over deliver. It's under promise, over deliver. Under promise, over deliver. We all have heard it and we all hear people say that they do it. Now, Von Finch has a track record of doing it. You know, we bought 200 properties. We've cycled through all of those. We've created great returns. We bought another 10 commercial properties. We've cycled through two of those. We've created great returns. We're still seeing good returns on our properties. Consistently, it's easier to sell a bigger number, 
but it's harder to stand by it. So the big takeaway right now is that it might be harder to grow your business today if you're going to project less, if you're going to look at things from that worst case scenario, you might pass up on some deals. If things are better than they look, then you're going to end up missing out on something. But more importantly, you're going to be able to stand by it if things don't go well. And so what I'll tell you is back in 2018, you know, we were buying uh, lots and lots of properties. We had a few properties that were listed for sale and interest rates went up for the first time and the whole market froze. And it was at that time where we had such big volume. We were spending tens, if not $100,000 a month on marketing. We were doing very scaled volume-based business. And all of a sudden, no transactions were happening. There was a stop. So interest rates went up. There was kind of a freeze in the market. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there with inventory. And we were operating on a very short time frame. So because of operating on that short time frame, we could wait it out and see if the market's going to shift. We could dump everything we have at a slight reduction in what our projected value was, and we could feel safe. Or we could convert these over to rentals and put long-term financing on it. There's a few different options. It's good to have options. But at this point in time, from a cash flow perspective, this is back in 2018, we were operating from a volume play. So not selling through our inventory puts us in a cash crunch. And so at that point in time, what we decided to do was, one, went to one of our mentors, one of my mentors, somebody that I had looked up to and, and really learned a lot from and said, hey, this seems like another one of those. It seems like that scenario that you talked about that happened 10 years ago in 2008. And I remember you telling me you chased the market down. And that was one of your biggest regrets. And he said, that's exactly it. This is another one of those. If it's not, we'd be better off taking a small hit now and selling. So what did we do? We took a small hit. We sold. Investors still got great returns, but we were in a better position. Fast forward, COVID, March of 2020, we end up seeing the market shift and we immediately get a couple of our properties ready to sell in order to create some cash from an operating standpoint so we can make sure the business has cash to operate and we can pounce on that next opportunity that's available. As a result, market went up, went a different direction, but we were happier to be more conservative because that's how you last through the longest of days. So as an investor, when you're looking at today's opportunities, you might see opportunities that have very high returns, and those returns could be very realistic. It depends on the strategy. It depends on what your risk profile is and how it matches up. But when you have somebody that you know, like, and trust, you understand how they build their business, you understand their book of business, you understand their values, when they're projecting a lower range, know that you have to go to them and ask some key questions. How are you thinking about this? What is the scenario where we hit the lowest end of that range? What's the scenario where we hit the highest end of that range? What's the scenario where we break even? And how do you know that? And specifically, what ways have you stress tested the model? When you as an investor can go to your partner to have that conversation and to be able to bring that information 
out of them. Maybe they're talking about it in the presentation. Maybe they talk about it in the deck. Maybe you talk about it on a phone call. But you need to understand that that way you can either agree or disagree with their philosophy and then make your decision to invest from there. The third and not final, but big piece of wisdom that I took away from talking with some of these very experienced investors was that relationships are the most important currency that you ever could think of having. Relationships are the most important currency in your business. And what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was that during times of uncertainty, during times of change, it's those relationships with your closest clients. It's those relationships with those closest brokers. It's those relationships with the mortgage brokers, with the banks, with the, the equity providers. These are what need to be focused on. These are what need to be nurtured. And the example that he shared was that he himself was having some trouble getting financing for a property that was just a banger of a deal. It was a super exciting opportunity and it made so much sense. And they had a term sheet, it was signed, boom, and that bank backed out. They went to another bank, term sheet signed, bank backed out. So even somebody who'd been in the space for 20 years was still having trouble uh, getting terms over the finish line. So what did he do? Well, he spent hours and hours over the next coming weeks calling through every contact that he had, talking to those contacts to connect him directly to investors in the bank who originally wrote that offer, who originally wrote that term sheet and was able to then have a conversation and get them back to the table. And sometimes that's what it takes. That's why it's so critical to work with folks who have a deep bench of advisors, who have a deep bench of contacts and clients and relationships, who have notoriety and their name is well-respected within the industry because when things go south, it's that relationship that ends up carrying those projects forward even when things aren't quite as good as anyone would hope they are. So it's with those three things that I take away from the conversation at this industry event is if I summarize it down into, you know, a nugget for, for each of you guys to carry away and for, for me to remember internally is that, you know, relationships are key, that we need to look at things from a worst case scenario, that we need to understand what that worst case scenario is. We need to ask those key questions. We need to understand how our partners have operated during times of uncertainty and economic change. We need to understand who's around them and who are giving them advice. And we need to take that and we need to then move forward into those, that uncertainty and still make great decisions. That during times like today, he said, he said, we've never seen inflation like this since very early in his career. And times of inflation can be a great opportunity when you own assets. It can be a beautiful opportunity when you own assets. It can be a terrible opportunity when you're sitting on cash. So although he's sitting on cash in a very small percentage, he's a very wealthy individual, um, he's sitting on some cash looking for opportunities, he's still buying today. He's still investing in those properties, in those partnerships, and it's exactly what we plan to continue doing. Continue to look up the chain to those advisors, 
those mentors, those friends continue to pay for the consulting, pay for the mentorship, and continue to pay to have great people on the team who can really help support bringing things forward because not everything is going to go well. We're going to hire people and they're not going to work out. You're going to buy a property and there's going to be new problems. You're going to bring on a vendor and you're going to have to replace them. These things happen. And at the end of the day, what's most important is that you're investing with a decisive leader and that you're following the wisdom of people who've already been down that path. And I feel fortunate that I'm able to make decisions based on my own experience, but I'm grateful to be able to learn from others. So hopefully this was valuable. I appreciate each and every one of you guys joining us for another episode. And uh, I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. You're listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.